Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce, your host for this fine evening of episode number 172. Let's just get the awkwardness out of the way. Yes, I am alone on the couch, and it is very unfortunate. But I figure now I can say all the awkward shit that whenever I look in the Jordan's eyes and I get freaked out and don't want to go there. Tonight, Mr. Lane Michael, our first guest, he's going to make me go there, and I'm totally on for that. So Seat Time, presented to you by the fine folks over at Fly Racing. We definitely appreciate them for their support. You can learn more about them at flyracing.com if you already do not know much about them. Of course, purchase some of their wares from your local dealer. Um, but the, obviously, it's the summertime. It's hot. You want your, your your man balls and all the sweats to to filtrate correctly, so you want kinetic mesh gear. That's what's going to make you feel more dapper when you're riding in the woods, and you're going to have a much more fantastic time out there riding your dirt bike and being cool. That's what you want to do. So flyracing.com, go check those guys out. Make yourself a nice little order. Just ask some questions. Tell them that Seat Time said, yo. Of course, Kenda Tires from the U.S. of A. You can check them out at kendatire.com. Those guys are awesome because they make rubber that everybody can use. It's not like Magnums or any of that kind of stuff. You're like, I don't know what size to buy. You go, hey, 18-inch, 19-inch, bam, that's the way you do it. Um, obviously, really cool for some of you guys getting into some of the harder Enduro type stuff. Go check out the new Equilibrium tires, a little bit of a hybrid, so that kind of in-between trials tire and sticky something that you would use for an Enduro Cross or something like that. So super cool. Going to have one of those on Seat Time Adventures this summer. I'm actually going to get a chance to test it out, so we're going to have some real-world knowledge on this bad boy. I'm really looking forward to that. So kindatire.com to learn more about those guys. And, of course, Stillwell Performance at stillwellperformance.com. The place to get your off-road suspension done if you're like, hey my gosh, I'm riding my motorcycle and I feel like I'm all over the place. There's a good chance if you've never done anything to your suspension before that you could use some help. Now again, I'm not saying you need a complete rebuild. The best thing to do is go to stillwellperformance.com, shoot them an email, tell them some of the problems that you're having, and they can kind of help you work through what you might possibly need or maybe even just how to adjust your settings stock as it is because they're awesome dudes like that. Now if you do have 4CS... They are the shop to go to. They make that shit so much better. It's tits. So, stillwellperformance.com. Obviously, we really appreciate support from all of those guys. So, this is Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. We're archived on our website, seattime.co. Of course, on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, all those fun places. Subscribe, subscribe. While you're out there, though, if you are already listening to us, please give us a review. We've said it a couple times. iTunes specifically, that would be beneficial for us. There is a chat room, which I'm going to even remember to bring up here in a second. Is tlk.io slash seat time. Awesome, awesome time. Yes, there's a lot of shit to cover right now. The house cleaning is just insane. When it's summer, you get more bugs, you get mosquitoes, you get flies. Got to clean all that crap out of there and talk to everybody about good times. So, seat time adventures. Things have changed a little bit. Yes. Boo, we did not get enough people to sign up, but that's okay. We are not deterred. We have refunded the money for the people that did sign up. And what we are going to do is we're shifting everything forward a little bit to July 18th. Through the 22nd, we're leaving the 23rd to come back home. So if you want to ride with us in Colorado, fuck the money. Just show up and ride. Ah, you are going to camp by yourself, though. You're not getting to my bed. You can come do that. We're going to have a good time. So if you wanted to learn more about it, go to adventures.seatime.co or reach out to us on the website. So koozies and drop catch. So drop catch is this awesome, awesome 
um, invention, I guess you could say, so, uh, an intern of mine, well, not of mine, that I worked with at the Richards Group when I was still there, actually came up with this, did a Kickstarter project, came up with this, all kinds of stuff. So using the super, super crazy earth magnets, um, I don't I don't drink out of anything in bottles currently, so I don't have one to show you, but the idea is that, you know, boop, you pop your bottle and bam, your bottle cap sticks to it. So it can hold up to 70 bottle caps before it actually fills up. Um, it has magnets up top. You could stick it to your fridge. It's got places you can mount it to the wall. Thing is bitching. So I said, dude, Joe, awesome. Uh, and I noticed that you guys do the engraving. I have a web show. Could I get that on there and have some special stuff for our awesome fans? Yes, you can. These will be on the website shortly. I don't have a price yet, but you can go to dropcatch.com. I believe this one is $50 there. I can tell you right now it probably will be close to that. Um, we did get a little bit of a deal, and I'm going to pass that along to you guys. I just got to figure out what that deal was and make sure everything is kosher. Koozies should be in tomorrow. Uh, once I get those, I'll take some pictures for you guys, put those up on the site. There will be a new store added probably by the end of the week with the drop catch and koozies to make all that stuff happen. The photo epic from X Games was absolutely amazing. I feel like I just did a show in itself, Steven. Holy shit. How many times? I didn't even stutter that much, did I? That was actually pretty good. I'm impressed with myself. But there are more important people than me because I'm shit compared to this guy right here. Mr. Lane Michaels, you're 21 years old now. What's the craziest thing you've done since you turned 21? Uh, nothing really, man. We were still racing. So That's true. That's I didn't true. even get wild. I spent my birthday at the Masontown GNCC, so I just kind of hung out and watched the ATVs race. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had my few occasional beers. After the race, after uh, Masontown, I went and had a margarita at the Mexican restaurant. But other than that, man... Haven't been doing too much. Still been too busy. Yeah, no, and that's understandable. And and the big thing is, it's like, well, I'm glad, honestly, that you didn't tell me. Oh God, I went on this like eight day bender because that's not. It's like, oh my God, you're 21. Like we've all. Because the biggest thing about drinking is being responsible about it. Sure, on the fun on the show here, we have a lot of fun. It's the beer drinking, bin tracing show. We get goofy. That's that's part of it. But I'm glad that at 21, you're you know, in a racer, you're kind of focused. You've got that mindset to not just like. Go on some crazy bender because of the fact that it's like I can drink legally. Hey, let's do something stupid. Because <laughs> I mean, we, we guys like us, we could do something stupid with our helmet on sober. So we don't need. Sometimes we don't need to add crazy to the mix, right? Yeah, sure. I like it. All right, so dude, you're in fourth place right now in the XC2 class. Uh, GNCC obviously is kind of your main staple, if you will. Um, riding yep. Hondas, you're kind of still on. I, I think you're still on the team. Or ish that was going on with you and Thad for a little bit there the past couple of years. So I, I want to kind of clear that up. Kind of like what is your team dynamics looking right right now for you racing at the GNCC XC2 class? Yeah, for sure. You know, me and Thad, uh, we had the opportunity last year uh, to work with Honda. He uh, kept his relationship with him, and uh, I kind of got added on with the squad last year. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. We had a pretty good year last year. Uh, you know, I struggled a little bit myself just. I don't know. I just wasn't clicking too well. And then uh, this year, he kind of opted out and went with Honda uh, and bettered himself a little bit. And uh, Honda was still there to back me. So, uh, you know, the guys at Morgantown Power Sports, Donnie Bowser and Scott Schaefer, they, uh, you know, they have all the contacts with Honda. And uh, they pretty much set everything up for me this year. And then Amsoil, they stayed on board. And, um, you know, it was uh, – it was still pretty cool, and um, we're still just rocking with it. So, um, now we, we've seen a, a bigger presence from JCR 
um, you know, the the Johnny Campbell dudes and their Honda bits at the GNCC races. Does their Honda connection have anything to do with your Honda connection, or are you a little bit more shop based, where they're a little bit more, I guess, you know, uh, factory Honda based? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I'm more of a shop based for sure. I, mean, I don't have any uh, factory support by any means other than just uh you know honda giving me motorcycles and uh parts allowance and stuff like that but yeah i don't get any uh the secret factory tips or nothing like that that's okay you're 21 you've got years to pick up secret factory tips i'd give you a couple if you ever head to las vegas i've uh what's in vegas (laughs) life bro (laughs) Life. I've been there. I went to Vegas and went and watched a, uh, the East West Shootout one year, but I was like 17, so I couldn't do anything. There I was you blown. go. I think one of the one of the most fun times that I had in Vegas was actually with my sister. Strangely enough, like everybody goes there and they do crazy stuff. Ah, don't talk about Vegas. I'll tell you everything we did because I was with my sister. Shit's not going to get too weird with your sister involved. <laughs> um, she's a little bit younger than me. And we, we're, we're tight, all that kind of stuff, but. My grandmother just so happened, for whatever reason, gave us like like a lot of money for, uh, or, or I say a lot, a lot more than normal. Like normally, grandparents are pretty gracious, and they were just a little bit more gracious for Christmas. So we had that money to take with us to Las Vegas for New Year's, and we were there buying tickets to go see one of the Zumanity shows, which is kind of like a topless Cirque du Soleil. And the lady was like, "Well, do you want to buy VIP tickets for the Brooklyn Village for New Year's Eve?" And I was like, "That sounds awesome!" So we did that. And that was one of the coolest things ever. It's interesting that like you walk into these random occasions and just say yes. So that's like if if I had any advice, you do go to Vegas as long as it's not a hooker. I mean, I really can't tell you to do that. But typically when people walk up to you and be like, hey, you want to try something out? You'll be like, you know what? Let's find out what kind of experience this is going to be. And just, you know, don't catch any diseases. I think that's... uh, I got you. That's sound advice. Sound advice. Okay. Man, I'm really good at tan. Did I get like hopped up? Did I, did I find some drugs or something? I'm like really like, woo, buddy, having a good old time. So snowshoe looked awesome in the sense if you like really technical, extremely muddy and badass courses to race on. So what did you think of snowshoe? Yeah, it was good. Um, well, was good. Yeah, um, yeah, except for you know the end. Yeah, my six, my crappy sixth place finish. But no, no, I was riding good. Um, you know, first lap. I think I started on a row with Bollinger and Nick Davis and uh, Stuart Baylor. So, like, we had a pretty good row. And uh, we got going. Me, Nick, and Trevor, we got out front. We were kind of battling. And when we got into the woods, uh, it came to the mud hole. And, heck, I think we all went a different way. And ended up, uh, I got in with uh, Taylor Robert, too. He was a couple rows behind us, and he caught up to us. And, um, man, me, Nick, and... um, Taylor, we had a pretty fun battle. It was like three, four laps, I think, we were going at it. And, uh, you know, I was pretty comfortable with, with that pace. I think Thomas and Bollinger, they actually snuck away from us a little bit. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of staying with Nick. You know, I know he's good in those conditions. And uh, we started whipping it up there, and uh, we came back to that same mud hole on the, the far side of the track where absolutely no spectators were at. And, and I just bonehead move. I just picked the wrong line and just buried it. And, wow. uh yeah, you're just sitting there by yourself, no one to help dig you out, and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I probably lost six minutes or something like that by the time I got the bike out, and uh, you know, when I got the bike out, I was so wore out just from digging my own bike out. I started riding again. I still had another four miles of technical stuff on that side just to get back to a gravel road or anything smooth, and I don't know. It just took me took me forever to like kind of get myself to recuperate and 
I don't know. I just lost more positions and <laughs> struggled the rest of the race pretty much. So it was pretty, pretty big bummer, but, uh, it was all right. I mean, we still got a six and we salvaged something. Yeah. No, I, and I think uh, snowshoe is definitely on my bucket list. We talk about it all the time. Like that's, that's that and Ironman are two that I really want to go to. We got to big buck last year. Awesome. 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 course. So snowshoe and Ironman are definitely on the bucket list now, but yeah, snowshoe seems to always be a beating. Like even, you know, when we talk to everybody, those natural springs that come up, if there's, if there's literally no rain in the forecast, it still is muddy and it's still an ass beating. Uh, so it's interesting, you know, that you yeah. don't want to have a mistake like that because then, yeah, you get so worn out just trying to make up from that mistake that the rest of the course is just going to kick your butt, man. Yeah. Yeah. One day I'll be in that same, that same thing i'll be like oh gosh that was dumb why did i do that that's okay i think uh so what was the dnf though before that in round eight that you got uh yeah millfield okay man that was that was a bummer i uh i was really looking forward to that race and uh terrible start it was super dusty and i don't we don't really know we think we just had a base gasket leaking um it was pretty much a brand new bike we just rebuilt it it only had two race on it before that and we don't know uh it we think the base cats was le- leaking blew all the antifreeze out of it and then uh the motor got so hot because i had no coolant nothing was cooling it down it actually burned up the stator in my bike holy crap and, uh, yeah like piston every cylinder everything was fine it was just my stator burned up and melted so only made it about four miles in on that race that's, so that's no fun no, because that, that killed me, really, because I think I was, I think me and Ricky Russell, I think we were tied for, like, 10th overall at the time, and then I was still second in the class, and then, yeah, we had that big setback. That kind of hurt a little bit, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, that's okay. So, GNCC this year, though, you're in fourth place at the XE2 class. How do you feel about that? You know, you've got a couple points behind uh, Craig and Ricky Russell there, or Craig DeLong and Ricky Russell, but obviously all of you guys are pretty far behind Jason Thomas. Um, so how do you feel about your fourth right now? Uh, Pretty terrible. Okay. Um, you know, I definitely, definitely wanted to be closer to Thomas, and I was going in the right direction there in the beginning. Um, you know, I had, the first two rounds I was a little slow, but then I had a couple podiums, and yep. then... Had a little bit of bad race, but I mean, I wasn't I wasn't too far off Thomas. You know, we were all still pretty close. And then, um, you know, I just had a couple bonehead moves on my part and just some bad luck, and uh, we fell back to fourth now, which is pretty disappointing. You know, I, I'm not I don't want to race, you know, for podium. You know, I want to race to win and win a championship. I mean, I think that's what a lot of us are there for. And absolutely, definitely felt like this year uh, was going to be a good opportunity for me, but. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's not over yet by any means, but, uh, you know, it's pretty far-fetched right now. Uh, I, I have a pretty big points deficit. I'm down now, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're still good. I guess it's better than 10th, but, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, i definitely like to get back up to second uh, for the years over at least. Um, you know, I guess if you're going to be a loser, you'd rather be the first loser than the second or third. That's what I tell my wife all the time. She shakes her head like, damn it, Brian. Like, I know. I have no, I have, I have zero aspirations in life, and that's fine. Um, yeah. 
Huge break. Now that we're in the summer break, you guys have a huge break all the way up until September, GNCC-wise. Now, things are going to happen for you. Um, I know that you have been racing the Full Gas Sprint Enduro Series. We've got another one of those events coming up in the 18th to the 19th in July in Indiana. We're going to see if you're going to be going yep. there. We're going to have the ISDE yep. coming up. You're going to be going to that on the Junior Trophy team. So let's talk all that stuff. Full, full, uh, the, the Full Gas Sprint Enduro. What have you thought about that series? You've been in third place at round two overall that's insane dude yeah yeah no i hooper has an awesome series going on um i can't wait for them things to blow up and him have a whole series out of that uh i know it's a lot of work for him i've talked to him about him but man those things are a blast you know um it's kind of based off six days too which is kind of cool uh minus the transfers and stuff but uh yeah i mean it's just fun racing you know it's it's so close racing too um other than when you get Caleb in there and some of those guys, you know, they smoke you <laughs> a couple of tests and you kind of question, you're like, dang, like, how are they going that fast? And then, uh, you know, you have other ones where you're only three seconds or two seconds off of Caleb. So, you know, it, it's really cool because um, it kind of almost pinpoints, you know, when you make a mistake, you know where you're losing that time and all that stuff. So it also shows you what you need to work on. And yeah, I have, I have, I'm having a blast with those. First one, I think I got fifth overall, and then the second one, yeah, I got I got third overall behind uh, Caleb and Russell Bobbitt, and uh, definitely think I should have had second on that one. I kind of messed up the first day. I think I wrecked in every single Woods test and kind of threw it away. But um, yeah, you know they're fun. Um, I'm having a blast at them, and can't wait for the one in Indiana. You know, I'd like to get another podium at one of them. They're pretty fun. Yeah, uh, that. At the one that's there in Indiana, that round three, uh, is that at a location that you guys at race at regularly, or is this at a new location kind of for all you guys? Uh, I think it's a new location for all of us. I don't think we've ever been there. Okay, because he's had one or two of them at GNCC locations. Obviously, he still makes up his own courses and stuff like that, but it's at... So let's see, round three, uh, Stoughton, Stoughton, Brazil, Indiana? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely never been there, I don't believe. It looks awesome, though. Oh, my gosh, yeah, even the picture he's got up there. So pretty, so pretty. I- I'm excited to see where this goes as well. Um, this is something that we wanted to start here in Texas. Mark Cook, uh, a good friend of ours here, local ra- Texas racer, we were trying to get a Sprint Enduro series going. Just so much other stuff in life. It's just so hard to to commit that time to it. So I can only imagine the, the stress that Jason Hooper went through because running digital off road, doing all the work with racer productions that he does, that this probably was was very tough and uh, very very hard on family life. But now that it's done and it's it's working and the machine is well oiled, it's awesome and I'm seeing so cool to see it grow. So we know that you guys are doing really good at this kind of this sprint enduro, and that definitely leads us to what's going to be the ISDE now. I have to ask because I'm not 100% sure, but have you ever been to the ISDE before? No. No, this will be my first time. Okay. So just just break it down for us. Thoughts on going to the ISDE this year on the Junior Trophy team? I'm stoked, man. Um, You know, last year I was in kind of contention to go. Uh, I got decided at Snowshoe last year who was going to be the last one uh, on the team for last year. And, I was definitely wanting to go last year, um, but you know things didn't work out. But I think it was for the better. I don't think I was quite ready. And uh, but this year, I definitely I went to the sprint enduros and I was riding really good. And, and uh, you know I really enjoy that type of racing. It suits me pretty well. And um, yeah, we we uh, 
when I got the call uh, from Auntie that uh, he wanted me to be on the junior team, I was I was stoked, man. You know, it's always cool. I've never been overseas, and um, just for racing in general, I mean, that's kind of I wouldn't say the pinnacle, but I mean, it's kind of as a as a kid, if you want like the Olympics or or anything like that, like that's kind of it for for off road. So. Absolutely. Yes, definitely be picked. Um, was definitely definitely really cool. So I'm pretty stoked on it, and I uh, can't wait. You know, we just finished up uh, at after right after snowshoe on Monday morning. Uh, we had to head back up to Millfield, Ohio, and we had a uh, like ISD test days, and we yes. broke in our ISD bikes. And, uh, we had pretty much two days, kind of exactly how an ISD eight ISDE day would go, and you know we took our times. We had four different tests and. Uh, change tires at the end of the day, pretty much everything like we're going to do over there. So it went really well for me. I ended up fourth overall um, out of all the riders that went. Uh, you know, all our trophy team riders were there and uh, the junior riders went. And uh, I finished fourth overall. So I was pretty stoked on it. You know, my times were good and we were riding well. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm glad that you started talking about the training camp because that was one of the things that I wanted to ask about is I knew that it was happening, but I didn't know if it was kind of a, hey, everybody kind of needs to be there if you can be. Is everybody invited? Which obviously it sounds like it was like if you're on the one of the teams, you need to be there because we're trying to make sure that we can we can get the doubleheader win, you know, this year. Um, so take me through a little bit the the how everybody felt or how everybody was acting. Um, and obviously we know serious is is that, but. I, I mean, is it kind of in the air that everybody's just biting at the bit to to get the win this year? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think the trophy trophy team's got a good shot. Uh, their team's pretty solid. You know, you got Mike Brown, dude's pretty much a legend. Um, he's solid no matter where you put him. Pretty much, uh, Taylor Robert, he's another one you can put him anywhere and he's going to do pretty well. I do believe? And Caleb, you know, he finished third overall last year, and that was in desert conditions, let alone you put them in conditions uh, that's going to be more familiar to them um, like this year is going to be. And then Thad Duvall, he's solid as well. And Gary Sutherland, he's fast and, you know, really, really good. So, and Sipes as well. Uh, Sipes, you know, I think he got second in our, our test day results. And he was rolling really good. Him and Caleb were kind of duking back and forth for their test wins and stuff. So, yeah, I uh, I think we got a good shot too. Our junior team's really good. Um, you know, Grant he's been riding awesome all year, and Stewart he, he's getting back on things and riding really well. And then uh, Nick Davis he's going to be on our team as well for the the fourth rider. And you know he's he's won quite a few events in the XC2 class this year, and um, he's solid in in everything as well. So um, definitely, I, I think we both have a good shot at winning uh the gold medal over there and uh yeah I, i'm i'm pretty stoked for it and i think everyone is everyone had good uh good hopes at the uh the test days and we were all excited about it and everything so it's pretty cool right on yeah it's interesting that i hadn't heard about the update now obviously knowing that justin jones was injured and and, and needing some time to recover um not knowing how long that was going to take i didn't realize that he had been uh that they had to find a replacement rider so nick davis is going to kind of be filling in then for for Justin Jones not being there. What is what's Nick's take on this? Like, is he? I mean, I can only imagine he's excited, but I mean, is he? Does it seem like his head's going to be in the right place? He and Nick. The only reason I ask is because if you look at the results, Nick Davis is performs awesome or seems to have some kind of issue. Now that's either bike mechanical, all that kind of stuff. No idea if it's just a rider kind of thing, but 
his results are obviously a little inconsistent. So that's kind of that's the only reason why I ask. Yeah, yeah. No, Nick's he's definitely if you talk to him, he's probably one of one of the nicest kids you could talk to. You know, he's always in a good mood and always excited. Um, so yeah, he's excited to go. And I don't know, man. He does have some bad luck. Uh, that's all I can say. I mean, that kid has some weird things happen. Like it's snowshoe this weekend. His his spark plug fouled. How a rider like him fouls a spark plug racing, I have zero clue. Yeah. But, uh, that, does that even yeah. happen anymore? <laughs> like, like it, it. He has some weird things happen to him, but I think he'll be solid. The conditions, from what I hear, they're going to be slick and slimy, and um, you know, kind of rocky and. You know, he's from New York. He rides in the mud a lot, and, you know, he was really solid at the the test days as well. So uh, I think he's stoked on it. Like I said, it, it's last minute for him. Um, but, I mean, who's going to turn a, turn a chance down at six days? Oh, so. hell yeah. No, I agree with that, man, for sure. If they offered me, I'd be like, well, I need to work out a little, but, yeah, I'm in. I, could, <laughs> I couldn't be on the junior trophy team. It's unfortunate. I think I'm twice twice your age. No, you're 21. I'm older than you. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. I think I think I have better hopes of being on the senior team in four years than I do uh, ever getting onto a club team at this point. But if Brian Story and Jeff Redette keep kicking ass, well, Jeff Redette's done. But there's plenty of other dudes that could kick my ass. So it's you know whatever. One day though, one day. So how's the fundraising going? You know, a big thing with this is everybody likes to sell T-shirts, or they come up with some you know piece of their puzzle that they're going to try to promote themselves with to try to support and raise money. I mean, how's that going for you? Uh, it's going all right. Um, you know, we got a lot of it, a lot of the money's done spent, uh, with plane tickets and hotel rooms and, uh, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I got a raffle going to, to win a 420 Rancher. Um, so we got that kind of going, it's going off, uh, the West Virginia lottery and I have tickets for sale. So if anyone's interested, you know, get a hold of me and then I also have t-shirts, uh, for sale too. So Definitely, if anyone's interested in helping out, donating anything, you know, uh, I'm, I definitely won't turn it down. So, yeah, no, uh, for sure. Do, do you have those available on a site, or is it just kind of like through through yourself? Yeah, right now it's just kind of through myself because I, I don't have a website or nothing. Uh, so I didn't know how like the link it to sell it online or anything like that. So um, I've just been kind of doing it out of the house and going around. To, I went to two local races. Um, and sold some tickets and t-shirts and stuff and that helped a lot but uh like i said it's kind of harder for for people outside of uh where i live and stuff where i've been going to get them yep um well uh go ahead and reach back out to us after the show um by no means can we we could do uh very little very quickly and get you shirts up on a website where people could purchase them or we could do more but it would take longer, and I have a feeling for you the the less is more, but make it fast would be well enough way for you to be able to potentially get sales and T-shirts sold to someone, say, in California that has the $20 or 20 and the $5 for shipping that wants to support somebody like yourself who is going to the ISDE. Uh, we could easily help you get that set up, and uh, that would be we'd, – we'd be more than happy to help you do that. So definitely remember to reach out to us later after the show's over, and we'll start getting that going for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Well, cool. Well, uh, okay. What else? Is there anything fun this summer you're going to do besides prepping for all this greatness? Man, I'm going to be pretty busy. Um, but yeah, I'm actually I'm getting ready to go to the beach. Um, I think my first vacation in 
other than going to a motorcycle race, first vacation in a very long time. I couldn't even tell you the last time I went to the beach unless it's in the winter when I'm down in Florida and we get bored and we go out there in our sweatshirts and sweatpants just to see the water and we're like, okay, it's way too cold and windy. Yep. So we go back to our camper and ride dirt bikes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely stoked to go to the beach for once and hang out and get a little way time because I still haven't had much of a break yet. Um from from my my job i guess you'd say so i'm getting my little vacation here like and it. then then get back into it um definitely going to be riding a good bit this summer getting ready for six days to do some more grass track riding and all that good stuff and then we got the sprint enduro coming up so can't have too much of a vacation because we're getting right back into it so ah, i hear that well if there's anything i could say to have a good time i found this beer uh, so the guys Oscar Blues that make the Dale's Pale Ale, um, they make yeah. they make this beer called a Pinner. It's called they call it a throwback IPA. No clue what that means, but hey, but it's called a Pinner, and it is awesome. It is it's only four point nine percent, and the reason why I say only is because on I think on hot summer days it, it's a f- great beer, and then you can have quite a few of them because you know for a while their IPAs were like six, seven, eight percent. You get like three of them in you, and you're like woohoo. You know, you got to eat something or take a nap just to keep drinking. Um, with these guys, it's a good way to go. So, you know, this is just, a, I'm a 36-year-old. I've been drinking for a while. I'm just saying these are good to have on a hot summer day. I'd be good. I'd maybe actually be able to drink two of those without getting tipsy, maybe. There you go. Or or to drink during seat time because <laughs> we do that, too. <laughs> right on, dude. Well, I'm glad that I reached out to Thad, and I was like, do you think Mr. Lane Michael would like to be on the show? He was like, yes. I was like, well, that was a quick conversation. I need his digits. So, awesome, dude. I really appreciate you coming on, and good luck with everything. I know you might be a little disappointed on your fourth currently in the XE2 class, but you're doing awesome. You're having fun with it. You're getting a chance to go to the ISDE to represent the United States of America on the Junior Trophy team. I think that's pretty damn impressive, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Definitely stoked about it. Hopefully it's uh, it'll be a good experience for sure. I'm definitely stoked on it, and that auntie... Uh, came forward so definitely looking forward to putting in some good results and see where it leads right on we'll reach out to us a little bit later um it it doesn't have to be tonight even tomorrow just to make sure like hey let's get that website kind of stuff going for you so that way you can have kind of you know your shirts out there for people to get in touch with you maybe to purchase those or however that needs to work out we can make it work sounds good i appreciate it man all right dude take it easy we'll chat soon all right you too see you dude peace all right Mr. Lane Michaels, awesome dude to have on the show. 21 years old. Um, totally sounds like he's head, head on his shoulders. I really, really like that. Um, we are going to come up with Mr. Bo Cottington. One of the things I wanted to talk about that Stephen and I did, uh, we came across these guys, and we're going to talk about them more in depth, but I just wanted to bring it up because it was here. Um, these guys fixed products. So what they do is, is they came up with this. I ran into them at the Outdoor National Lakewood um, in, there in Colorado, and it's actually – a torque wrench T-handle, and I was blown away by this. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so smart. Uh, how many times do you go to, like, want to use a T-handle or want to use something fast or quick, and it's just like, oh, I don't want to go get my torque wrench. So you're like, ah, oh, good and tight, you know, the good old German standard of torquing. Uh, with this, it makes it a lot more simple, and what, what I think is going to be awesome for this is using it for your triple clamps because they do have the Newton meters on there, but whoever wants to actually get their torque wrench to make that go – Nobody. So, 
This is going to make that awesome. So fixed products, we're going to obviously do a video about these guys, talk about a little bit more in depth. I just want to bring it up because we've got the stuff here. Um, it just came in. We're super stoked on it. Steven has got some cool ideas for an awesome video. Super excited to show you guys that. Just totally something kind of portfolio for Full Pint Media Group. I think it's going to blow people's minds. Mind blown. So it's going to be a good time. So, Mr. Bo Cottonton, what is going on, my good friend? Just having a pint full of awesome right here. There you go. Now, we haven't brought it up yet on the show, but I figure you're the first, you're the best person to do it with. Is this like you know he's no longer with us? But happy birthday to Kirk Caselli. We do have his memorabilia on the wall, and I have to say, what you're doing right now is you're pulling a Kirk because that guy would be like, "Yeah, I'll be on the show. I got nothing going on." And in the background, he's like at Brian Deegan's house, like answering the phone. I'm like, Kurt, it looks like you got shit going on, buddy. So I just say thank you for you know putting down putting down the work for a little bit and coming on the show and chatting with us, man. Yeah, no worries at all, you know. And you know, big up to Kurt. You know, today's a special day for sure, and you know we all miss him a lot. And I know it's a tough day for a lot of people, but you know that's he'd want us to celebrate, you know, not be all sad about it, and just you know, like carry on his tradition of just being positive all the time and and doing our thing, but. Yeah, I'm actually I'm at my new job right now. I just started a new job this week uh, with Mad Media. Uh, it's more of a Baja like trophy truck kind of a deal, and it's pretty cool, man. Great vibe over here. Uh, really cool guys, and uh, yeah, just taking a little break from the editing. Been in here for about eight hours today, but you know it's going strong. It's real fun stuff to work on. So right, <laughs> dude. It's funny you say Mad Media, and you just like see Steven like. Like he's like, you know, we all watch their stuff. We all listen to it. It's like absolutely insane. But man, it's just uh, so that's going to be fun for you, dude. What we're looking forward to is like, you, you know, obviously with what you do for us in the motorcycle community is amazing with the videos that you get to put out and some of the caps and stuff that you do. But now when you're going to get that time involved with those dudes and learn from their process and everything, just even picking up some of the minuscule details that they're probably going to teach you. Oh. I can only well, yeah, I mean, just just already, I mean, the, the equipment they have, they got a big crew, they've got a solid program. The videos that I've worked on, the footage is just beautiful. I mean, it's all reds and, you know, top-of-the-line stuff, and, and they all take it really seriously. They really care about the quality, and they, they really sweat the details. And, yeah, I mean, I've only been here. This is my second day, so I'm already loving it, you know, sitting here having a beer you know, I'm still on the clock here, so, it, you know, they're really cool, so I, I couldn't be happier right now. Awesome, dude. Well, congrats on that. We're Yeah, I'm super stoked to see, you know, not, not just like a, how you grow, but how that grows what you put out in back into the moto industry, because I think it's going to make it fantastic. So, you, for the past handful of years, and I say it that way because, honestly, I don't even know how long you've been doing videos, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is... It's kind of like, where did all of this love come from, and, and where did you start doing all these recap videos and putting media content out <laughs> into the moto world? Well, the moto stuff started, uh, you know, I was a Baja kid growing up. My dad uh, was a bush pilot, and his dad was a bush pilot, and so we'd go to Baja every year for, you know, summer vacation or New Year's type of thing. From nine years old, I was watching guys like Ten Hedicutt and... And, uh, you know, like Danny Hamill and all those guys just coming in on their KX500, just hauling ass through Bahia de Los Angeles down in uh, Baja, about halfway down the peninsula right. on the Cortez side. And, uh, yeah, really just uh, that was kind of seeing those guys come in, you know, from probably a 40-mile paved section. And then they'd stop, put their bike on the stand, and their tires would burst into flames because they were going so fast, you know. And it was just 
as a nine-year-old kid looking at that, 10-year-old kid, I mean, it just imprinted in my brain and I've just been kind of hooked on it then. And I got into action sports, uh, when I was about 17, a friend of mine went pro, uh, uh, rollerblading, which is, you know, kind of funny. A lot of people, you know, laugh about that, but you know, the whole fruit bitter thing, I saw the world like before I was 21, you know, and went to Australia twice, you know, Europe, the whole deal. And, uh, really got a lot of experience making team videos, um, in that industry, and just, you know, having a good time going to competitions and partying way too hard and like tours and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, that's kind of where I got my start and learned all my my skills uh, as far as making videos go. And then that industry died big time when skateboarding went, you know, real big time. And then even skateboarding got real homogenized. You're either making a million bucks or you're not barely paying the rent. Yeah. And so I, I kind of just I started working at a place uh, in San Diego called um, Time Zone Video. And at the time, they were majorly a production company, but the boss was kind of a gun guy. And so he had this side business where he sold gun accessories and stuff. And over the years, that kind of took more of a forefront in his business. And so I started doing all these gun videos, like for YouTube product videos. Yeah. Um, we edited a bunch of instructional DVDs. And, and I mean, I was there for a decade. And um, about 2006... I was in, I got wind of Takati Hair Scrambles put on by Los Ancianos MC, which is a, you know, a famous motorcycle club from San Diego. And they've been doing the Enduro for a long time. And I went down there and Destry Abbott was there and, you know, he kicked ass, you know, obviously and he won. And I made a video and I shared it and he was real responsive and real positive and shared it a lot and was really thankful for what I did. And so it kind of got me hooked, you know, just seeing a motorcycle only event as opposed to Baja where it's all trophy trucks and, right. and all that whole thing. The the motorcycle thing really, you know, hit a chord with me. And so I started doing that and then started working with works uh, the next year and did a bunch of recap videos for them. And that went okay. Um, but then we kind of had a falling out and I started doing national hair and hound series just on my own accord, you know, still working at the gun shop during the day and just trying to kind of, you know, keep the ball rolling as far as my own productions go, go and not just fall into the 40 hour work week for someone else. Right. And then, you know, just, you know, it's really easy to do that and then just go sit at home and drink beer all weekend. So I, yeah, I would like force myself to go and drive to Johnson Valley and Utah and these other places. And, um, my wife at the time was very supportive and she was down to ride and down to go do all this stuff. So it was kind of like part adventure, at the same time, trying to get something done and not, yeah. you know, like trying to make an impact and do that. Um, but yeah, like going back to Kurt, that first works video I did, I didn't even have any kind of like association or anything with them. I just went out to Speed World in Arizona. Um, after talking with Destry, that was the first, uh, you know, works race after that Takati Harris Scramble. So I think it was 07. And I went out there and, and did a recap video. And at that time, no one was really doing recap videos. Oh, yeah. And I had it up. I had it up like the next day. And uh, Sean Reddish from Works, he contacted me and he was really positive. And, and that was really cool. And then a day after that, Kurt wrote me a message. And I had gone out there to see Kurt and Destry because Kurt and Destry, like Destry was cool. He was the one that I met and his character was just amazing. But I was always a KTM dork reading dirt rider and dirt bike <laughs> right. and all that. And so I'm reading about Caselli and I'm like, okay, I want to go meet this guy. I want to go see him race in person. And I went out there and I got to meet everyone and just kind of say hi in the pits, you know, nothing really just kind of shy guy. Hi real quick. And that kind of thing. And then, yeah, Kurt wrote me a message on MySpace at the time. MySpace, and he yes. wrote this, yeah, <laughs> he wrote me this like full on paragraph, uh, message 
just saying thanks for my time and, and what I was doing. And I was really taken back by that. And on top of Destry kind of already doing that before that, I was like, hey, these guys are awesome. I really want to be involved with this. So that kind of, you know, sunk the hook. And I've just always been into dirt bikes since I was a little kid. So, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, just keep the ball rolling and try to, you know, ditch the day job and start doing it full time. And then, uh, yeah, Hare and Hound just kind of did that on my own deal for a few years. And then just this last past year, we worked out a deal and they're kind of, paying for my expenses and keeping me going and, you know, getting that thing going. So Heron Hound Series, great bunch of people. Um, you know, desert racers are a real unique breed. So oh, that's been really like fun it. to get out and do that. I haven't, I haven't been to one yet, and I'm really looking forward to the day that I do get to make it to a national Heron Hound. But, yeah, no, it seems not just like the racing itself, but the type of racing seems like it would bring kind of its own special person to that type of special race as well. Uh, I think I'd go well, yeah, with the yeah. crazies as, as, as much as anybody else. <laughs> well, cause, you know, you've got the pros, and they're just crazy, like, reading terrain so fast and just hauling ass into the void. Like, I mean, they'll just charge into the dust, you know, like, like and shit happens, you know. Like, Brabeck got real hurt, you know. I hope he heals up and, and gets well soon and gets back to racing, you know. It's been, it's tough to see when those guys get hurt, you know, because, you know, they're a big influence in my life, and, yeah, just that that whole side of it kind of sucks, but at the same time, that survival element is kind of what brings everyone together. And you know, it's not like at the motocross track where everyone's too cool, you know, kind of a thing. It's like everyone out there is is out there for the love of the sport. No one's really making a bunch of money, you know. And right. so you got and you know you have legendary characters out there like John Johnson. I don't know if you know who he is, but mm. he's like I call him the official mascot of the Heron Hound series. He's just <laughs> he's always out there with the crazy red, white, and blue wig. And he's got the who's from Dr. Seuss on his backpack. And, he, you know, he's always he's always rallying people up and getting everyone excited. And I mean, even on Facebook, you go on there, and he's just sharing positivity just all day, you know, and he, and he always says, you know, the only place for a negative is on a battery. And <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> I, I agree like with that, that sentiment. And, and that's really like the Heron Hound series in a nutshell right there, you know, and and that that's been a big part of, you know, kind of coming from works was kind of like a big time thing there was a lot of factory teams involved there was a lot of kind of cool guy going on and but at the same time it was still off-road it was still uh you know real down to earth but yeah heron hound was like a whole different animal and so i think it was 2008 i started filming that and i started my site promoto.tv yeah which was like my main site for a long time and i just did you know like flash-based web design like videos there and once the iphones came about no one could really watch those videos anymore so i kind of had to change and adapt that whole thing but yeah now uh i i got the opportunity also to work with endurocross last year they hired me to do all their recap videos and endurocross has been something that's always been really special to me because just the format you know it's more technical and it's, oh, yeah. it's just all about it's all about skill and you know you can be leading and be two laps ahead and and if you know you mess up you're gonna lose still you know and that that for me is just something that's you know totally i, I don't know i i think endurocross is probably my favorite type of racing like hands down like out of anything you know and i'm hoping to race in ontario in the amateur class like i just want to finish I, i'm dieting and training and, and get, trying to get my bike dialed and trying to ride with guys that are like over my head to kind of try and you know up my skill level is but. that is that why you were out riding with cody webb when you went over the handlebars in the rock garden yeah and and that was really kind of twist of fate there you know he didn't have anyone to ride with 
and I happened to, you know, be in the area and have, be free. And so I hit him up and yeah, it was rad just getting out there and just one-on-one with him and, and, you know, he's giving me pointers and then he'd go and just, I just watch him, you know, and he'd, he'd go for so long and just so perfect through everything. The guy's just crazy good. Like, it's amazing somebody can get to that skill level on a dirt bike. It's really something to behold. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like one of those things, too, where I can imagine, you know, we're out there taking pictures, capturing video, doing that kind of stuff at these races, and we see them, and we're like, oh, my gosh, these guys are so good. But then when you take that context out and you're then sitting on the bike and you try to go do what you just watched him do, I think then it even sinks in even more because you you know it's so tough, but then when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go try to ride what he just did, and it just like completely falls apart, or you know, you go over the handlebars, uh, that's when you're like, oh my gosh, it's like a whole other level of amazing what, what's happening in front yeah. of you right now. And, and really, you know, you, you hold on too tight, you get arm pump, you, you're trying to think in, and throttle control and clutch and body weight and body positioning, and then... You know, going in the rocks, you can be all good, and then all of a sudden, one little thing throws you, and and it just, you know, those guys are really, you know, and I think even the people involved don't really understand how good they are. You know, like all the, you know, Mike Brown, Colton Haker, all Jeff Aaron, like all those guys. You know, uh, Ty Tremaine. You know, they all just are so talented, and and really can just go excel anywhere. Almost, I think. You know, that endurocross to me, I think, is is definitely the hardest racing you could probably put yourself through. You know, I mean, just finishing one lap. For some people, we'll have them, you know, puking. So, yep. yeah, I'm just hoping to, to get through the get through the race and finish without, you know, DNFing or, like, breaking something. Or, you know, that's my goal is just to get into amateur class, maybe vet class. I, I really don't know what. But just get in there, try it, and do my thing, and and hopefully not make the night show because then I'm going to have to film it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry, guys, I can't race. I got to film it. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. And you're, like, standing with a sure. beer already. You're like, yep, I got to film this. Sorry. <laughs> that was that was what was so great about 2013 when we went to Las Vegas and raced there. It's like we went, we did it. We had so much fun riding with the fast guys at their, you know, Friends of Fast Ride and then going to Vegas and doing all the practicing, fucking up a bunch and not having any fun and then being like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the bar. Fuck this. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I just quit. I was like, but I was okay with it because it was, again, you know, for me at the time and probably still would be, it's about the adventure and about the whole journey and the trip, like the road trip yeah, out and the sure. riding the fast ride. And then, you know, knowing that we had this shitty 20 hour drive home, like I was going to the <laughs> bar. So yeah, I've done the whole, yeah, film the race at two in the afternoon and then do the 12 hour drive home and you're pinging like, <laughs> kind of waking up at different spots of the freeway as you're like yeah it's like you got to pull over and take a nap at that point but your 20 minute really, power nap yeah for sure the two second power nap <laughs> yeah exactly you just like, no, I, what go ahead one of the things one of the things that that really i like is kind of the contrast between hare and hound and enduro cross it's like you go from like sleeping in your truck and it's dusty and it's windy and it's cold at night and then hot in the day. And, and then you go to Enduro Cross and it's like you're in the pool and in the bar and in the arena. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I like that contrast. I, I don't know if I'd like one without the other, though. You right. Know, it's yeah, kinda, you, you I, become I like too much cool. of a pansy or too much of a hard ass. Like Pretty much. One way or the other. And we can't take Bo with, with, with too much of one or the other. we got to have this a nice, a nice rounded bow of a little bit of hard it's, ass with a little bit of soft butt. <laughs> I'm pretty soft when it comes down to it, but 
one one thing that that I I've really kind of enjoyed this past year, Moose uh, Racing, which they hook it up real fat. I got to give them a plug. Uh, they hired me to go and film with the OMA series back east, that's right, and that yeah. that yeah, and that's been just an awesome experience. I've only been to one. This past round got canceled because there was you know three feet of water, I guess, in the pit, so that wasn't really working. Yep. And those guys are hardcore. You know, they don't want to fucking or pardon my French, they don't want to uh, you know have the race you know, cancel because of rain, because then everyone's going to call him a wuss. But, you know, three feet of water was pretty gnarly, so you can't really do much about that, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and that's the way it was like, the National Enduro here in Texas. Like, literally, like, there were lakes where there should have been trails. Like, everybody's <laughs> like, why'd you cancel it, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, dude, dude, we needed jet skis. Not- yeah, there's a point. <laughs> there's a point where you got to just cut your losses and be like, okay, everyone's going to be hating on it if we do it, you know. And Yep. I, it'll be rescheduled and we'll go back out there and you know luckily we caught it in time and we got to you know cancel the flights and keep the credit so we're gonna you know all my stuff's ready to go for whenever they reschedule it or if it's the next round whatever uh, i'm really looking forward to that you know those guys are really cool uh Stuart baylor um jimmy jarrett uh adam bonner like all those guys are just super fast it's rad to see them like haul through the trees and you know for me it's a totally new experience because you go out there and you go okay here's a whoop there's a turn, there's a rut. All right, they're going to come through here and they're going to do this. And then they do something totally different and they're going way faster than you even imagine them going. And, you know, a lot of East Coast guys are like, oh, trees, 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 where are the trees? You know, and I'm like, okay, whatever. But then when you go out there and actually experience it for yourself, I think it's it's really impressive. It's just like the same thing. You go out in the desert, the guys are railing into the into the dust and rocks, and then you go out into Enduro Cross and you can see everything, but it's, it's way gnarlier. And then you go out into the trees, it's like that whole, you know, that whole dynamic of racing, I think, is something that's, you know, attracted me to it. And and it's like these little microcosms everywhere, right. you know. And, and each guy can kind of, you know, they get to the top of that microcosm and they can kind of dip into the other ones and kind of excel. I think it's kind of hard for, like, an East Coast guy to come out and do well in the desert, you know. But Jimmy Jarrett's done pretty well out in the, in, out in the desert. And, and, you know, Caselli did well at OMA, I, I've heard. And, you know, he didn't really like GNCC too much as far as I've really taken on that whole thing but but yeah uh you know it's just it's cool to have that uh, you know opportunity to be able to see how you know both sides are kind of living there you know yeah no and that's one of the things we've been talking about too on the show is we we try to do our best to to cover different series or different types of racing different types of riding and stuff like that and it seems that things are becoming a tad bit more specialized like we've seen you know, Caleb Russell, who obviously dominates at GNCC, now doing really, taking him a while, but he's doing a lot better at National Enduros. But like at Enduro Cross, you know, he struggles immensely. And then at the TKO last year, same kind of thing. Like, and it's not that he's not a technical rider, he just doesn't practice that type of riding. And it could, yeah. could he get there? Absolutely. You know, he's that yeah, talented definitely. of a rider. Yeah. But, you I know, agree. it's like we're kind of getting to that point where things are starting to get a little bit more niche esque. Um, the, the microchasm is kind of as you're putting it. So it's interesting to see that we've kind of gotten to that point, but I think now with so many different types of kind of off-road racing that that's, that's what we're getting. So, yeah. And really the, like the level of competition in each of these different, you know, avenues of racing has gotten so high that maybe, you know, years ago, someone could come out and just kick everyone's ass. But now it's like you go to Enduro Cross and it's like, the Cody Webbs and the Colton Hakers and the Mike Browns and the Taylor Roberts, like those guys have taken it to such a high level. And, you know, the, the Brabex and, and, and Ivan Ramirez and, and Sutherland and all these guys in the Heronown series, like 
they take it so far, you know, and so far beyond. You can't just go and have some natural ability and go out and kick some butt anymore. Like you really have to put in the work yeah. and you have to put in the training. You have to eat right. You have to wake up every morning and do your thing. Like, you know, I mean, there's, there's a few guys, you know, like <laughs> Caselli is the type of dude or like Kendall Norman's one that comes to mind. You know, he could probably party all night the night before <laughs> and go out and win a hair and hound and go, you know what I mean? Like Jeff there's some people that are kind of exceptions to the rule, you know, but but there's still a rule. There's yeah. exceptions, but there's still the rule. Right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah. One of the things I wanted to chat about is you, I've noticed that you've been trying, and I think I, I applaud you for this, is that you've been trying to find a way to to have like a little bit more of a passive income with some of the the, the videos that you put out there. So tell yeah. us how we can help support that. The viewers, fans, people that can to get out there and kind of you know help help you continue to do what you're doing for our sport. Yeah, and really it's tough as a video producer because, you know, like I said, the action sports stuff got homogenized. You know, you're either making a bunch of money or you're not. And it's kind of the same thing in the in the Moto game. And you've got people, like, that are making, like, the Moto 7, Moto 6, like, those type of videos. Sorry, there's a big siren in the background here. But, uh, you know, they're, they're really getting out there. They're getting all these sponsors. They're doing this, you know, controlled setting kind of a thing. But then when you have... Sorry, it's they're coming it's to get you, dude. They're here, coming yeah. to get you. <laughs> they found you, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm outside here at, at uh. You can see behind me. Oh yeah, uh, a little bit of the yeah. But uh, what were we what were we saying? Sorry, I lost my train. Oh uh, well, you were trying to find a way oh, to kind of yeah, passive in, income and stuff like that. Yeah, and really, you know, the DVD sales are kind of slow, you know, and and people aren't really buying DVDs as much as they used to, and I think. There's so many videos available for free now. It's really hard to compete with that. It's like someone, you know, people don't really have the attention span for a full video much anymore. And there's a lot of people that do, but most of the time it's like, you know, you got a two, three minute video, anything over than that, they're kind of like, ah, okay, whatever, I'll watch it later. But then they never end up watching it. So even that's a free video. So, you know, what I've been trying to do is, is get, you know, something that's quick, and I think I found it with this new format where I'm just, I call it raw deals, which is kind of like a slang thing. You know, deals is kind of like a, a skate term where if you go out and do something sick and you get like a good shot, it's, you, you know, you're doing deals. You know, it's kind of, it's a San Diego thing. But anyways. I'm uh, learning and becoming educated. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically raw deals, what I've done is, is every recap video I do, you know, I do it in steps. So I go out and I film a whole event, right? And then I get home you know, that night and I, I get all my footage ready and I cut it all up and I usually have about, you know, anywhere from 15 to, you know, even an hour's worth of footage. And I cut that all down into these clips and I have, you know, two, three different cameras that, you know, whatever I'm shooting with, maybe it's one, maybe it's two, you know, maybe I have someone helping me like whatever, but I cut it all down usually in chronological order. And then I take from that and make a, a short recap video, you know, for everybody with the, you know, just to get the thing up right away with all, usually it's like top three, top four, but lately, you know, over the years, too, like, amateurs are always like, hey, you know, if you got me in the video, I'd probably buy it a lot quicker. And it's kind of like, okay, I understand that, you know. Well, everyone wants to see the pros in the recap video, though, you know. And, right. and no one wants a 20-minute recap video with everybody. So I kind of took it back to the drawing board and, and talked to a lot of people. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm in my garage working on my bike, listening to music already. If I can have a video that's just with bike noises, just no music, you know, like just the straight goods, like with all my buddies that are in there too, I'd be much more likely to to buy it on the regular. 
And, and, you know, that goes into kind of the whole thing about, you know, the regular, you know, putting out of videos. And if you're investing in music, you got to find music. You got to get the rights to the music. You got to duplicate the video. You got to advertise. You got to do graphics. You got to do a website. You got to do so much stuff to put out a DVD. But if you just have a video from an event, say two days after the event, three days after the event, where you just have all the footage that you filmed cleaned up and put together nice, presented nice, but not with the, you know, smoke and mirrors with all the graphics and all this, you know, laser beams and, you know what I'm talking right. about? Oh, like yeah. Just, yeah, just the straight stuff. And I think that, you know, that's something that might not even make the DVD because, you, you know, the DVD, you're kind of hurting for time, too, if you're trying to cover an entire year. Right. And then people don't want to wait a whole year for a DVD. And they and at the same time, they don't really want a DVD for every race that they go to, you know, so... I've kind of been going back to the drawing board there and I've, I've created this new thing where it's just like, you know, two ninety nine to three ninety nine, four ninety nine type price for a video where you get like a half an hour or 40 minutes or even an hour of all the footage from any given event that I film. And that's something that, you know, it's low cost for people. They can download it to their phone. I've got it for like all the phones and all the computers and, and it's all secure. It's all done through PayPal and you just go on there and, you know, like I did one for Last Dog Standing, there was, you know, I did a recap for that, and it was mostly the top three. And they did, like, I think the within the first five days, I did, like, like 14,000 views or something on that video, and there was no advertising or anything. It was just, like, word of mouth sharing on Facebook and stuff like that. So um, that was really successful, and everyone was just kind of sharing it like crazy. So I'm like, okay, well, how can I capitalize on this, you know? My sponsors really made that video happen for me. Uh, you know, Seat Time, of course, you guys were the first ones that I brought on. Really thankful for that. And then we had, uh, you know, TBT Racing, RPM, KTM uh, Racing Team, uh, TBT. I think I just said that. Uh, who else do we have on there? Climb uh, Gear. And uh, I think I had one more on there. I don't remember. I'm blanking right now. That's okay. Kind of nervous. They on know the, who they are. But yeah, uh, you know, and that was huge. They made that happen for me. You know, Prairie Dogs were kind of low budget because they made their course so gnarly. You know, they they just yeah. spent a lot more money than they thought they would. And you know, a lot of these off road clubs, they don't have a lot of money. You know, and it's the same thing with the Heron Hound series. You know, that they're, they're all run by clubs. They've only got they've got limited amount of resources. I mean, even with the Cross, everyone's got limited amount of resources. And so, however, I can facilitate doing this without kind of jumping through hoops and, and, you know, kind of like doing things that are counterproductive for, you know, the viewer and for me, you know, financially and just, you know, the morale aspect of it. I, I try to like think creatively and kind of challenge what's, you know, the norm there and just kind of keep it going and yeah. whatever I can do to keep it going, you know? And, but yeah, like, like I said before, I worked for the gun place. I got laid off from there in December. So I've been freelance for the last seven months and it's been really tough, you know, and the money's really, really small. And, and I've been just, you know, forced to be more creative on how you're going to make a living doing this race stuff. And that was one of the ideas that came to me. It was like, look, you know, you can spend thousands of dollars licensing music and then put out one DVD a year and just promote the shit out of it, even though, you know, maybe people are kind of over it at some point. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people watch it and it's like a month or two down the line, they're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But he's still selling it, you know, kind of a thing. And you're still trying to make that money back. And it's just kind of a painful process. So yeah, I was just trying to be creative. And, and I think this is, you know, something that I've got a lot of people send me messages and just say, Hey, you know, I really love what you're doing with this no music thing. And it's been people that are, that are kind of, you know, that opinions that I really respect. And, and that's something that I didn't expect. So, you know, I'm going to keep pushing forward with this and it's going to change how I film the events too. I, I've got a couple of friends in San Diego that have expressed, uh, you know, 
desire to come out and help me out and just kind of, you know, some film guys that are trying to make their way. Uh, my buddy Flavio, uh, for example, you know, he does a lot of videos. He's a good friend of Ivan Ramirez. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great videographer. You know, he's got his kids and his, you know, his day job and he's doing his thing. But, you know, he's got the passion and the love for, right. you know, what I'm doing and, and he wants to be a part and he wants to do it too. And so it's like, why not, dude, you know, bring, bring him in, you know, get that more angles, more amateurs, you know, cause, you know, the more John Johnson types that we can get in these videos, the more they're going to promote it, the more they're going to bring their friends in. It's going to help the sport. It's going to help, you know, us financially with, you know, everyone buying these little cheap little videos. I mean, you know, like if I charge 20 bucks, okay, that's great. You know, but if you're not going to buy that, at least you're going to buy the two ninety nine video or, yeah. or whatever, you know. So it's like all that goes into gas. It goes into, you know, facilitating more stuff. So absolutely. So yeah, just where, where can people find these like these short little uh, not well, the 30, 45 minute videos that are like the dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine. Where are those at? Well, I have uh, BoCoddington dot com, which is B-E-A-U-C-O-T-T-I-N-G-T-O-N dot com. And that's kind of where I'm pushing everything now. Promoto.tv was was going well for a while, but it was a little too generic and a little, you know, so I kind of invested and redesigned my own website, and I've got several different uh, sections on there. I've got a video section, photo section, I've got a download section, and I have a a hard goods section where you can buy DVDs, you can buy um, prints, like I have prints of Kurt Caselli for sale, I have uh, surf prints, I do a lot of surf photography and stuff, that's a passion of mine being a San Diego local, so... Um, yeah, you know, that's kind of where I'm pushing people. I also, uh, you know, if you follow me on Facebook, it's all at, at Bo Coddington. If you, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, I'm, I'm very active on there, constantly sharing links to my stuff right when I get it up. Yes, you Constantly are. sharing my, my recap videos and, and all that stuff. So really, I'm really social media driven. And then I kind of just point everything to my website there. So that's kind of the business model I've been going after. And yeah, just, you know, trying to keep the ball rolling and trying to keep costs down and, and trying to, you know, because that translates all the way to con- the consumer, the person that's going to buy my stuff and that's going to enjoy it. You know, I want them to feel like they're getting a good value for, you know, what I'm providing and not like they're paying too much just to keep it going, you know, quote unquote. So, yeah, yeah and, and, you know, I mean, you go you go into a, uh, you know, a, a shop or whatever and DVDs can cost as much as, you know, $30, $35, you know, and, that, and that's kind of the same DVD that you got, you know, three or four years ago, that's 20 bucks. So, you know, the, the, the digital world is kind of changing everything and changing the priorities and, and how people are shopping and, and how people are enjoying their stuff. You know, iPads are huge. Um, oh, you know, yeah. the tablets like flesh Samsung galaxy. Everybody loves a good flashlight with their iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, because <laughs> we're weird and we like that kind of thing. <laughs> no, you're right. But I mean, yeah. th- things really have like the, the 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 landscape has changed a lot. So I'm glad that you're educated enough on that to kind of help to help kind of bring people into that age because it's tough. You know, people are like, "Oh, I had to buy this on iTunes." It's like, well, yeah, sure, iTunes is good for a feature film, but you know, for maybe like these smaller ones you're talking about, like it's probably not the place to have them. Um, and so, like, we've noticed yeah. uh, Kyle, yeah. Kyle uh, Cowling has been doing Spectrum. He's been selling those video on demands through Vimeo or Vimeo on demand. Um, and, yeah. You know, like, that could be another avenue for people out there that yeah, are trying to find a little bit of yeah. money. So it, it's cool and that a lot you're of, following that, too, that you're kind of making that work. And, like, 
Yeah, like I said, I have a lot of action sports uh, background, and, you know, I'm keeping, they're all still my friends, and I'm still, you know, watching what they're doing, and Vimeo On Demand has been a big one for them, and, you know, a lot of the old skate buddies I have, they're doing really well on these videos, like surprisingly well, it almost makes you want to go and, and do another skate video, but at the same time, uh, I think that, you know, whatever's going to get it to the consumer the cheapest way, the, the most effective way, and the most open way itunes is kind of like socialist in my opinion because right. they kind of tell you when when and where and on what device you can watch it and most of the stuff that i provide is like you do, you pay for the file download the file and that's your file you know you can't go and upload it on youtube without me cussing you out obviously but right. at the same time you can watch it on your galaxy or your ipad or your smart tv or you know you can burn it to dvd if you're you're savvy enough on your computer and and do it that way you know and i i think that that's kind of where the future's going is kind of, you know, options and just giving people control of the media that they're buying, you know, so they can enjoy it in the way that they want to enjoy it, you know. I and like it. Well, I'm glad that you're on yeah. board because we're on board with that as well, and that's why we talk shit on the Internet because that's what it's there for. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> one of the things that's going to have to happen is hopefully I get a chance to come to Southern California again so that we can have a beer in person and not just have to do it on the show. But we definitely really definitely. appreciate you coming on and chatting with us. Uh, it's been great to see you grow. Um, and I know that you were a West Coast guy, so you've been growing a lot longer than we've been paying attention to the West Coast just because of being Louisiana and Texas-based for so long. But it's been awesome. Thank you for everything you've done because it's helped people like myself be able to stay up with these kind of events so that then I can talk to these racers, I can talk to the people on the show. Um, so keep it up, dude. Well, likewise, likewise, man. That likewise, you know, and, and, you know, what you guys are doing is really something special, too, being able to – kind of put a personal side to all these racers and, 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 you know, organize it, all the people that you have on your shows. Like it's really cool to kind of, you know, just see what they're all about in a real time situation where it's just like one-on-one, -on -one, you know, like you've had some really cool stuff and, and that, I think that, you know, this accessibility and, and, and just the rawness and just, I think it's just perfect, you know, and, cool. and hopefully we can, you know, continue to, to do this without anybody, you know, coming in and trying to rain on the parade there a little bit, but <laughs> telling us no. Yeah, that, it's interesting you say that because that's the one thing. Like I would say, probably about two years ago, things got to a point where I was like, somehow we're actually getting on a good, strange connection with these people over Skype. Like, and people are opening up way more than I ever expected them to, which is awesome. And that's why when yeah. I tell people, I was like, this isn't an interview. This is a chance for us to talk over Skype. This is your show just as it is my show. And now if it ever got to a point, sure, I'm going to try to reel it in. But at the same time, it's like, you know, let's do this. We're trying to promote the same sport that we both obviously love, you know, and both I say because typically, yeah, we'll have guests. We'll have multiple, you know, multiple people on Skype and all that. So it's been interesting to watch it develop and where it's at now and how we get there and all that has been a one hell of a ride. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. And and you know, like my side is kind of the polished side, and you get the raw stuff. You know, it's like when you're just sitting there on, you know, like right now, it's it's like you can't, you know, polish it up too much. It's like you, we are who we are, and you're just, yeah. you know, pulling out the realness, and and that's that's important, you know. And a lot of these guys have great character, and I've been fortunate enough to experience that firsthand and i think that a lot of people would be even more passionate about these sports and even more willing to support and drive the long hours and buy the videos or buy the product or, or whatever it is if they got to know more and more of each of these people you know and, and they're really amazing people from hare and hound to 
to enduro cross to OMA to ISDE to, you know, call across the board, you know, national enduro, all that stuff, you know, they're really just amazing people. And that I think is what has kept me here losing money, you know, <laughs> through all the tough times, you know, like, I mean, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, like I got divorced a couple of years ago and that was like really bad for me. And Kurt Caselli was one of the biggest supporters in that. And I've just got all these text messages. And I still haven't deleted them, but all this stuff. And he, you know, he was just so supportive of me. And I'm just like, dude, you're this huge guy, factory guy. <laughs> right. You've got, you don't even have any time, you know? And it's like, here he is sending me these text messages. He's worried about my, my well-being, you know? And, and, you know, Destry Abbott's the same way. And, you know, there's so many people that are, are like that. And that, that's really what, keeps me coming back even though sometimes i'll lose money sometimes it's frustrating sometimes you're just you're just like ah, i'm never gonna make this work but at the same time you just got to keep going and keep going and keep going and and you know whether you're racing or doing a radio show or you know making videos or shooting photos or waving a yellow flag at some race you know you got to just keep that passion there and and just keep moving forward you know Hell sure. yeah. Well, that's the perfect way to end this. Keep the passion and keep moving forward. I love it, dude. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, it no was worries. great. I'm so glad that you did reach out to us for the last dog standing, uh, for us to get a chance to help you, uh, in that. Like I said, like we've grown strangely and we're super, super soaked on that. We had the extra money. You deserve it for all the work you put out. So thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, yeah thanks so much. Keep kicking ass, man, because we really appreciate it. No worries, man. I will, and you do too, all right? All right, man. Go get another beer and get finish your up your California. work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, get your... Yeah. It, it'll happen. Hair and Hound. Uh, Hair dude. and Hound. Uh, the problem Aren't is, if I make it to Hair and Hound, there's going to be too many people I want to have a beer with and not enough people that I actually want to race with. You know, I would say try to get to Ontario uh, Enduro Cross in November. That's going to be a good one. Are you what, you want to race in the amateur class? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 but you know, there's plenty of other time. There's plenty of other time to be hanging out there. <laughs> I like it. Jacuzzi time, beer time, all kinds of stuff. So, Dig yeah, it for sure. We're in. We'll try to make it work, dude. Thanks a bunch. Have fun out there, and uh, don't don't get the ambulance uh, any more reasons to call. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Later, dude. All right, brother. You have a good one. Peace. Peace. Awesome. Well, hell yeah, dude. That was fantastic. Obviously, a little bit longer than we thought it was going to be, but you know what? That's okay, because as we're talking about it, that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. This show is definitely about just finding the character in the people and making sure that we keep it a little bit more raw, a little bit more real, and have fun with it. So huge, huge props to Bo Cottonton for all the work that he's put in, creating the different recaps and putting more content out there for all you fans of the Moto world. So, of course... This has been Seat Time. You can find us at SeatTime.co is the website where we archive all the shows. We are on the YouTube. We are on Stitcher and iTunes in case you're wanting to subscribe to us there. It's obviously a great way to do it. Please comment or review. It's uh, going to help us in the long run. Uh, I do going to say, cool bits from Dropcatch. Check them out. Of course, we've got the fixed tools we're going to be talking about soon. We do have the koozies that will be coming in, so all of that kind of stuff, minus the fixed, will be going uh, on the website uh, for you guys to purchase. Again, it's kind of, we don't keep things in stock. So when we have 15 of these to sell, we have 15 of these to sell. I do not see us, I mean, literally, unless they go in like 10 minutes, I don't see us ordering a lot more of these in the near future, maybe six months from now, possibly a year. So if you at any point think you might be interested in those, it's going to be to your benefit to purchase it quickly. Same thing with the koozies. We don't keep those in stock. We order them kind of like once or twice a year, get rid of them. Just because for us to have things in stock, it doesn't make sense. So 
pay attention for that. Of course, Photo Epic from X Games. Check that out. Please, please, please keep pushing that. We really had a lot of fun putting it together. We think it's something absolutely amazing. So, dude, just please, please, please uh, help us help us push that out there. There are all kinds of other things in my notes that I should be talking about, and who knows what they are. So after that, thank you very much. Obviously, Fly Racing, huge supporter of Seat Time, and we're a huge supporter of them. We can't wait to wear some of the kinetic mesh gear in Colorado. And it, it could snow. It could rain. And I could be like, oh, my God, I'm too cold. But you know what? I'm going to get over it because it's kinetic mesh gear. I'm going to be like, mmm, if it was warm, I'd feel so good. But I'll have my Fly Racing jacket, too, and I'll be just nice. Just nice. Uh, so, of course, the guys over at Kenda Tire, I'm looking forward to getting the Equilibrium, which is their hybrid tire on the rear. Probably one of the Ushugles in the front. A little bit of, a uh, little bit of awesomeness there. That's gonna be a good time. So, kindertire.com to learn more about those guys in Stillwell Performance. Yes! We will be going to Colorado and I will only have ridden my Stillwell Performance suspension a handful of times. I'm actually gonna get a chance to ride this weekend. The weekend after that, as we, as we lead up to the uh, seat time adventures and going to Colorado is going to be absolutely amazing. So pay attention because we will be talking about that more. Speaking of talking about things, we will not have a show next Tuesday. Fourth uh, of July is coming up. We're going to celebrate that. I figure this is everybody's kind of starting to get to that breaking point. I figure this is a perfect time for us to take a little bit of a two week break. Steven's got a pregnant wife, got a kid coming in October. Probably needs to spend some extra time with the family. I mean, honestly, he might going to get away, so he might just show up at my house anyway. But we're not going to have a show next week, so we'll take a we'll take a, a week break, and we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, I think it's going to be cool. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jack Pine Enduro, maybe a little bit of John Pinton, uh, try to get Austin Potter on here who found some nostalgic information out about his family. So that should be really cool. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. I had two pinners, 5% each. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to have some water. I'm going to crash out and have a good night. Uh, I'm going to go work out on Thursday. After that, thank you guys for paying attention. This has been Seat Time. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Peace.